Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Last time we introduced our new and final subject in this series, marriage. And I read to you from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, and Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and verses 18 through 25. From this reading, we learned how God made the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, and how God brought them together in the first marriage. There are a whole lot of firsts in the first chapters of the Bible, the single greatest book ever written and published for us. Genesis 2 verse 24 says this, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Let's talk about how this one verse defines marriage. And remember, this is how God defines marriage. I know, believe me, I know, this is not how the world defines marriage. I will speak to the opposition men and women have to God when it comes to what marriage is, but we will get to that later. For now, we have this beautiful, simple, and yet profound way to describe marriage. This is a verse you really ought to have highlighted in your copy of God's Word. And Moses, who I believe wrote Genesis, begins, For this reason. Wait, for what reason? Well, we read about the reason last time. Let me go back into the text and pick up the reason for you. And this is at least twofold. First, because God made woman to be the helper suitable for the man, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Verse 24 falls right on the heels of verse 23, which comes right on the heels of verse 22. So let me read verses 22 and 23 of Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Up until this time in the garden in Eden, the man was alone. He was the only human being, and God determined that the man needed a helper suitable for him, and so God took matters into his own hands, and as we just read, made the woman. And then, notice, God brought her to the man. And in verse 23, we have the sweet poetry of the man's response when he sees the woman. He finally has his helper. He finally is not alone. He has his perfect counterpart. And this makes the man very happy indeed. We hear it in his exclamation, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. For this reason, companionship. And part two, for what other reason? Answer, procreation. For this, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verses 27 and the first part of verse 28. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule it. God made the male different from the female, so that their physical bodies are such that they can be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth. Put plainly, they can make babies. For what reason will a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh? For this reason, procreation. I believe the opening phrase of verse 24, for this reason, refers us back to what comes before it. And what comes before it are at least these two reasons, companionship and procreation. And this tells us, right from the start of the Bible, that marriage is about companionship and procreation. Certainly, marriage entails more than this, but not less than this. So Moses says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So then, what is marriage? I can tell you what marriage is in one sentence. Marriage is one man as one flesh with one woman for one lifetime. Or if you prefer, marriage is one woman as one flesh with one man for one lifetime. That is the best, most succinct way to say what Genesis 2 verse 24 means. Let me say more about this with a focus on the word one. There is exclusivity here. One. There is one man, and there is one woman, and there is one flesh. We do not need a degree in theology to see this. Anyone who can read immediately finds that a man, that is one man, is joined to his wife. Notice that man is singular, a man. And the woman is singular, his wife, not wives, plural, wife, W-I-F-E, not wives, W-I-V-E-S. The verse does not say a man be joined to his wives. Furthermore, notice that the flesh is also singular, one flesh. Becoming one flesh with one woman is one married man's one-time God-given calling. Becoming one flesh with one man is one married woman's one-time God-given calling. Well, I gave you an airful there. Let me say that again. My understanding is that becoming one flesh with one woman is one married man's one-time God-given calling. Becoming one flesh with one man is one married woman's one-time God-given calling. Well, you will have picked up on the emphasis I give to one. Marriage is an exclusive relationship. We can immediately rule out polygamy. Marriage is monogamy. Polygamy is the practice of having more than one wife or more than one husband at the same time. Monogamy is the practice of having only one husband or one wife at the same time. God commands monogamy. According to God, marriage is monogamy, not polygamy. A man to his wife 
and they shall become one flesh. And that is exactly what we have in the first man and the first woman. Adam, the man, is married to Eve, his wife. And as we continue to read the Bible, we see they become one flesh. Speaking of which, becoming one flesh describes the consummation of the marriage. It does describe sexual intercourse and physical intimacy. And one flesh also applies to sharing emotional, mental, and spiritual intimacy. One flesh is the expression of the inseparable union of husband and wife. The Bible also uses one flesh to describe the inseparable union between Jesus Christ and the church. The union between Jesus and his church is one flesh. That's clear in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. Read Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. God's command is that one man enter marriage with one woman, and both that man and that woman have never had sexual intercourse with another man or woman. According to the Bible, you can only be of one flesh one time, and that is upon marriage. Well, someone might ask, where is that in the Bible? Why, it's right here in our verse. Notice the intentional order of Genesis 2.24. First, the man leaves his father and his mother. Then the man is joined to his wife, marriage. And then the two become one flesh. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The two do not become one flesh until after they are joined together in marriage. God is clear on the order for one flesh. This verse is written this way intentionally. God is the God of order, and we find that right here in Genesis. First, the man leaves his father and his mother. Then the man is joined to his wife, marriage. And then the two become one flesh. First, the woman leaves her father and her mother. Then the woman is joined to her husband, marriage, and then the two become one flesh. Becoming one flesh happens after the wedding, not before. This means two truths that are obvious, but I will say them anyway. First, sex before marriage and sex outside of marriage is always wrong because it is always sin because God says it goes against his design for being of one flesh with another man or woman. Being one flesh is designed by God to be true in the context of marriage between one man and one woman only. Second, marriage is between one man and one woman. The man, that is the male. The woman, that is the female. The man with male genitalia, the woman with female genitalia, these are married, these become one flesh, and these procreate to produce children. Notice, marriage is not one man married to one man, or one woman married to one woman, or any other combination of individuals. And this truth brings us to what is marriage, according to our culture, because our culture embraces what they call gay marriage. In this country, it is legal and it is widely practiced. 
But can gay marriage really be considered marriage? Having seen how God, through the Bible, defines marriage, let's take up homosexuals being married next time. And let's do so because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.